0: The agenda.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. The game is not over. But uh, the game's not over, but it is over. So we're going to go ahead and fire this stream up. We are live. I see our man Clifford already in the comments. We are out here. We are live. And uh, here we go. And we got Matt. Matt was just waiting to see. If there was hope of something else going down but uh no sir no such luck we love the hair but uh yeah the thing that none of us expected to happen has happened the bucks on the road in victory formation and uh yeah i'm not gonna lie i was not expecting this outcome i even at the beginning of the game when we were in the, the group chat here, kind of going back and forth about things. I was like, we're shooting ourselves in the foot. As, uh, as Kevin was saying, you know, we shot ourselves in the foot the whole game figure once we start playing, it's going to be okay. We're going to figure this out. Baker Mayfield is not good. And alas, uh, I have been proven wrong yet again. So, uh, Flip, I'm gonna start with you as the uh the Bucks are just running clock to wind this thing down. Uh, what are your overall thoughts about the game? I know the game is over, we lost, we're upset, but let's try to give the overall thoughts on like what you what what you thought about the game before we go like just full-fledged the season is over and negative as we get things kicked off.
0: Uh, thank you, Jason. I think to uh give you guys a little bit of a peek behind the scenes. I was supposed to do a five-minute preview for this game, and I did not get it done this weekend because I was just as unprepared as the Minnesota Vikings were to play this game in Sunday. If I had done that preview, I would have told y'all that this was a must-win game, in my opinion. You can't host... Week one, an inferior opponent, supposedly inferior. Lose that game and then turn around. We'll talk about week two in a bit. But we're staring 0-2 in the face. That's just my thought. And I do not think that the Minnesota Vikings played with the urgency. I don't think that the coach called plays with the, with the urgency that was needed to win this game. And I don't think um, – there was enough polish from a penalty standpoint to to win this game. It's just honestly pathetic to see them come out so flat. A game where I think it shows what happens when you don't play your starters in the preseason.
1: Matt, I mean,
2: to me, I guess I'm not that harsh on the Vikings. Like they turned the ball over three times. Obviously, that needs to get fixed up. Um, you know, the the first fumble was a snap exchange issue maybe ed ingram's left hand issue um which is a problem and something you know we maybe should have identified uh going into the season as something you know we could have done better this offseason right is getting more offensive linemen but you turn the ball over three times you only lose by three points like not a lot of teams win football games when they turn the ball over three times. You know, it cost the Vikings, I would say, at least nine points, right, because the Vikings got three on the flip side and they were in field goal range. Each of the other t- two times, they turned the ball over. That's the story of the game for me. I, I mean, you want to call it, you know, un- lack of preparedness or whatever, but I the offense was rolling when it was good, and then the second half went by so, so quickly that we really didn't get to see much from the offense. They got, what, three drives in the second half? I mean... It's it's not really like there was um, a, a ton to take away. The offense, I mean, Kirk Cousins had what like 250 yards in the first half. The defense really struggled in the second half on third downs. Um, I thought there were a couple scenarios where the corners, in particular, could have done a better job of getting stops on like those third and mediums. So that's the big takeaway for me is maybe, you know, I. The Brian Flores defense not quite gelling yet, even though it looked really, really good in the first half. And then the turnovers costing them the game ultimately against an inferior opponent. To be clear, like the Bucks were not that good of a team.
1: And yeah, they, so Matt, I wanted to get your thoughts on on something you just said there because obviously the game started and you know all of us were feeling like obviously yeah the Bucks not great, Baker Mayfield also not great. Uh, the defense was looking great at the beginning of the game, like we were starting yep. to feel confident. We were feeling like maybe this is a bit different. Things are going to be different. The defense is making it really hard on them. They couldn't get the passing game going. They couldn't get the running game going. I think Nick uh, Olson posted that like it was like 3.4 yards a play or something like that in the in the first half for the Bucs. What changed from your perspective? What did you see that allowed the Bucks to start moving the ball a little bit? Because, yeah, there were the turnovers. But even when there were turnovers early, the Bucs really weren't doing a lot with them. And the offense for the Bucks seemed to get just a little bit more comfortable as the game went along. And I'm wondering if there was anything schematically maybe that you saw that allowed them to get, uh, get rolling or if it was just bad execution from the Vikings. Uh, I I think
2: schematically the Vikings were doing pretty much the same thing the whole game. Like on third down, you'd see a bunch of guys mugged up on the line of scrimmage and you'd have them either drop or rush. We got a ton of free rushers on Baker. It was just and I want to give Baker credit because he was doing this well in the first half as well. He just wasn't getting any completions is when he had a free rusher on him. He got the ball out. He did not get sacked by an unblocked player in this game. Right. I think he only got sacked the one time on that Daniel Hunter sack uh overall throughout the game and like it was some weird stuff right like there was the drop back Baker had where he was dead to rights and then he flipped the ball to the running back Rashad White right and White gained like eight yards and then on the next play something really weird happened as well and they ended up getting a first down right if that flips around like the Vikings are looking a lot better on defense I think that drive ended in their in the touchdown in the first half right um in the, the first drive of the second half rather uh the other thing was like there was one play on that on that third down on that drive where uh, Makai Blackman, I think it was against Mike Evans, they threw a quick, quick slant to Evans and he just barely gets the first down. Blackman's playing a little bit too far off. There was another play on a screen pass that was a very quick pass against an all-out blitz where Byron Murphy wasn't able to make the tackle short of the first down. So to me, it is a little bit of an execution thing. Uh, a little bit of Baker was a little bit more precise on his throws and actually completing those passes in the second half. So it was it was kind of a combination of those two things. Um, I don't think that schematically they did anything drastically different. Like, I don't think the run game, the run defense was bad. Um, it, it was just like, it, you know, they couldn't put it all together on the drives to actually get a stop in that second half. It felt like.
1: Yeah. So flip, I mean, you were, you, you started off saying the Vikings looked hella unprepared Connie in the comments saying embarrassing Vikings didn't look like they were ready to play. Uh do you have any positives that you can pull away from this game on the offensive side of the ball?
0: Um, well, we got Justin Jefferson, uh, you know, that is always going to be a positive. It seems like knock on wood there, but he really just everything you expect from the receiver, a bit limited in the second half because the entire offense was, but Jefferson was amazing. Um I also really like what the defense did today. I think that if you go back and you look overall, it was a great first half effort. The second half effort, you know, maybe maybe sure the Bucks did make some adjustments, but you you take away those if you start playing the points game, which I know you know the analyst guys say don't play the the, the points game, but it, it, we we have a bad turnover that leads to basically a free field goal. The defense gets the ball, you know, the, the, the Bucks get the ball in field goal territory and the defense gets a stop. You know, that's three free points we gave the Buccaneers because of how bad our offense was. And then uh, our defense gets another stop in the, in the red zone before Jay Ward has a offsides penalty that leads to a touchdown. So that's seven points right there. 13 points, holding the Buccaneers to 13 points, I don't think is, uh, it is in, in Brian Florence's first game, I, I'm really happy with that performance if we didn't have so many damn mistakes today. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, again, you want my positive. I won't go much farther than, saying Justin Jefferson.
1: I mean, that works. And uh, you talked about the defense a little bit there. Matt, you... Uh... Your thoughts, what, what players on defense, if any, any showed up, I know we're all upset. This was like, again, as everyone was going through and making their like win loss totals for the season, like this was a game we all had circled as a W for the team. And so right now uh, we'll have some time to to, to shit on this performance overall, but I just kind of wanted to get, because there were some good things that happened that I don't want to just get washed away in the fact that like, yeah, we lost the game. We played sloppy first game of the season. But there were some players who showed up and played well. So Matt, is there anyone on the defensive side that you would want to call out as someone who played well? Yeah, I thought Daniel had a good game.
2: Um, he had the one sack, and and a lot of his production was early on, right? He had the tip pass the first play of the game. He had the sack uh, that shut them down on the third drive on the field goal on their first field goal drive, right? Sorry, I'm tripping over my words here. Um, and then he had he was in on a couple run stops as well. Uh overall I thought the run defense was pretty good. Like the Vikings ended up with three down defensive linemen plus the two edge rushers quite a bit. So for me, you know, that was you know, that that's naturally gonna be good against the run, but I was pretty happy with it. Um and then on the offensive side of the ball, obviously JJ is absolutely phenomenal. Jordan Addison gets a for his first career touchdown and a second career catch. Like, and that that play was pretty great. I think JJ's gravity kind of led to that touchdown. But I was pretty happy with Alex Madison as well. Like the run game felt like it was keeping the offense more on schedule. There were a couple of times when Madison was hit in the backfield and was able to, you know, get out of that and get a couple yards on the plays, which I thought was pretty impressive. And then obviously he breaks the tackle to get that touchdown um, to tie the game up at 17. So overall, I, I was generally happy with the performance of the offense, disregarding the mistakes right like i thought the offensive line with two backup players in there at times cleaned it up pretty good after the first two or three drives and we kind of had a bead on the bucks defense for quite a while there especially in the first half where we were getting like they were blitzing DBs all over the place, and we were getting guys wide open and, and getting chunk plays off of it. JJ had like a thirty-plus yard play off of one of those. The Ty Chandler screen that was really nice was off of one of those scenarios. So I, I thought the offense generally did pretty good. It's just they didn't have the opportunities in the second half to really get it done.
1: Yeah. So Matt, I guess there's a lot of there's a lot of bad plays and a lot of plays that really swung yeah. things towards the Bucks. But I guess from your your thoughts, like. Where did we lose? Where the game really start to get away from us? Like, where, where what was the point there? Where things like, you started to feel like, oh shoot, here we go again. It's uh, yeah, the Vikings kind of being the Vikings of old, and not maybe the Vikings that we we came to know and love last season. I mean, I I guess any either
2: the fumbles or the interception, right? Like, so that interception on that in route to KJ Osborne. I put it on Kirk. It was a time. It's a very precise timing play where he needs to fit it in between the corner and the safety. And he was just a tad late. The throw was just behind KJ and the corner, who was a rookie undrafted free agent, I think, actually played it really nicely because he was very tight to KJ and was able to pick that ball off because it was slightly behind him. It's, it's really a difficult catch for KJ to make. So I'll give it to that play, right? Because it just encapsulated what lost the Vikings this game, which was turning the ball over twice in scoring position and giving the Bucks a free three points.
1: And so you, you said it, you talked about it. Poor play by Kirk, which not gonna put this whole game on him. But before we went before we went live uh, flip, you had some things to say about just kind of how this game felt to you from a Kirk Cousins perspective. I guess, could you maybe expand on your thoughts on how Kirk Cousins showed up in this game? Because I'm looking at this box score. It's not looking it's not looking that bad, you know, passer rating not looking that bad so i guess like oftentimes what ends up happening as the season goes along is that we like point back to these stats and folks will point back and look he's not that bad i guess taking this whole game uh in its totality i guess what were your thoughts on how kirk showed up today
0: i mean 2022 kirk led eight game winning drives for the vikings jason you tell me start of the fourth quarter, Vikings have the ball, down by three. What was your confidence level in Kirk Cousins bringing us back? That's what it comes down to. It's not the mistakes that he made early on. It's how he's going to recover from those mistakes. And if we're going to have confidence in that, if the coach is going to have confidence in that, if the players around him are going to have confidence in that, or if they're going to look around and say, hey, you know, here we go again. So I, I, I don't think that, any You can point any of the turnovers directly to Kirk Cousins or his play. But yeah, I mean, those were bad turnovers and those are frustrating turnovers. And you saw Kirk frustrated on the sideline. You saw him pressing at the end of the game. You saw him missing some throws. You saw him, you know, put some balls where Kirk doesn't usually put some balls because his accuracy is usually his strength. So, you know, Kirk is... Not someone who I don't think he's someone who can be blamed for for these types of games, but he still showed that he's not the alpha put the team on my back to to bring us out of a struggling game and pull off a win. that's the that's the tough part. And I and I see a lot of comments on the play calling as well. I completely agree. I mean you asked Matt where the Vikings lost that game. If you ask me, it'd be before, the game started all off season. Kevin O'Connell talking about emphasis on running the ball did not see it at all. Um, Alex Madison was terrible in my opinion, and I am ready for more Ty Chandler. They, they talk about it fixing the interior offensive line interior offensive line just got dominated today. And then you get to the play calling where like, Look, that's that's not a game plan. A game, You can't just have two Alex Madison runs and then two Justin Jefferson passes and then two TJ Hawkinson and then two CJ Hamm and then a screen to Josh Oliver. Why is the, the Clint Kubiak rollout, quarterback rollout pass to the tight end? Why is that back in the playbook all of a sudden? Kevin O'Connell got way too cute this game, way too cute. He didn't build a game plan around any specific player. And it, it, it led to an offense that was not able to get into a rhythm until deep into the second quarter.
1: Oh, Matt, I feel like you have thoughts about that. What, yeah, what, frankly, you guys I say don't agree at all. Okay. Um, well, first of all, that disagree. pass to
2: the tight end in the flat on a rollout, that's a staple of basically every NFL offense. It wasn't. Three-level flood where you're trying to hit the intermediate route, but if the tight end route is there on the slide first, you hit that as a quarterback. That's what you're taught to is wide open. Josh Oliver got 10 yards in a first down off of that play. Like, pretty early on in the game. So complaining about that is just kind of nonsense. I I saw Um,
0: several times where that play did not work.
2: It definitely didn't work on one play where they tried to get, um, I think it went to Ham and they had Oliver and Ham in a bunch on that side of the field. And guess what? They kept that personnel two times, two plays later, JJ gets a big 30 yard play up the seam because the, Bucs had heavy personnel in the game to combat the Vikings 21 personnel with Josh Oliver as a tight end instead of TJ Hawkinson. So I thought the Vikings actually were pretty creative on offense using the different personnel. To me, again, it goes back to the turnovers. You look at the Vikings offense in the first half, they got into the red zone five times in that first half. Um, or I'm sorry it was four times in that first half they ended up with two turnovers a touchdown and a field goal and that's off of like seven drives right so that's over 50 percent of the time getting in the end zone and scoring points that's pretty good and they scored a touchdown one out of three drives in the second half like I thought the offense overall was generally pretty efficient I don't have a problem with the running game at all Um, Madison was getting positive yards and the Vikings were getting explosive play after explosive play after explosive play like I think that's something we didn't see from this team very much at all last year is the 20-plus yard plays. Like, they were great in the intermediate range from ten getting 10 to 15-yard gains, and they weren't getting 25-plus yard gains um, at all last year. We had, like, three or four of those explosive plays in this game. I was pretty impressed with how the offense operated. I thought Kirk operated pretty efficiently as well outside of the turnovers again. Like, we can say, you know, the Vikings didn't do – a great job and they ended up losing this game because they kept turning the ball over and they couldn't get off the field in third down in the second half on defense i think th- that's the story of the game
1: what are, What are your thoughts because i i think that like you know we we called out josh oliver as a name but josh oliver was pretty efficient on the targets that that he did get caught all of them average 10 year 10 plus yards uh a, a reception and but i guess TJ I do Hawkinson. want to be clear. We yeah. should
2: throw the t- the tight end screens out that we ran just completely out of the playbook. We were yeah. terrible with them last year and we yeah. had like two or three in the, in the fourth quarter that were bad again.
1: Yeah. So that's like, what I was going to ask you next, man. Is that like Josh Oliver, like those kind of like, he's a safety valve. We got him out there. He's got a good matchup that happened three times, three positive plays, but TJ Hawkinson, obviously a big focus during the offseason, the hold in the injuries, all of those sorts of things. And Second most targeted player on the team. Average 4.4 4 yards a reception. What are your thoughts on how he was used today? Is that going back to the play calling? Is there something the Bucs were doing to take it away? Or is that maybe one of the places where the usage of TJ, TJ Hawkinson is where people are feeling like things maybe got a bit too cute?
2: I mean... I don't know. I I think TJ Hawkins is a good football player. I think I am seeing some comments about JJ's targets in the second half. Again, the Vikings ran three drives, right? They scored a touchdown on the first drive and then they went three and out on the other two drives Um, on the other two drives, which I I don't think we're going to complain about the Vikings scoring a touchdown that they didn't target enough. Justin Jefferson enough on that touchdown drive, right? Um, They did target Jefferson once on the other two drives, but again, they put themselves behind the sticks, right? Uh, with those tight end screens tj hawkinson was effective when he wasn't used in that tight end screen game i i will give it that where the tight end screens are are bad you know and especially against the bucks who had devin white kind of as a heat-seeking missile throughout this game like he's his best moving forward towards the line of scrimmage i think you probably shouldn't use that against a team like the bucks where you want him more kind of in his back foot in coverage than that but at the end of the day like the first half was the Vikings offense turning the ball over was the major concern to me. And then the second half, my major concern was the defense not getting off the field on third down.
1: Okay. So Flip, Yes, you know, a lot of players, a lot of things, you know, the turnovers are the thing. But like, is there a particular player or just a particular thing you were seeing from the coaches that like pissed you off the most, let you down the most, made you the most angry watching this game as a Vikings fan?
0: I You know, the the amount of penalties was pretty bad. I don't know who you want to blame for that. If I had to pick one player, probably Marcus Davenport for just pulling an inactive out of nowhere for a full offseason of, of, of hearing that he was great when he was on the field, but he's not always on the field. And I feel like any Saints fan who sees the fact when he went out, after, not even being on the injury report all week, and then oh, also oh, sorry guys, I can't play. That's probably what gets me the most <laughs> if I had to pick one player.
1: Yeah, Matt, you had some uh you had some words to say about that on Twitter as well. It seemed before uh before the game got going.
2: Well, I figure, and and people are kind of on me about my love for Zayary Smith, but I figure if we had both Zedarius Smith and Marcus Davenport on the team. Like what you could combine so at least one of them's healthy for all 16 games, right? (laughs) And you get you get a really high level of play out of both of those guys when they're healthy. So like, you know, we I'd love to have somebody, you know, three guys in the edge rush room added to Daniel Hunter instead of having just two because we really didn't get after Baker on pure dropback situations where we weren't blitzing. So I I do think that's a concern from this defensive line and we don't have any juice from the defensive interior. Right. So, and I've never been a fan of DJ Wanham right in terms of how he's been able to perform as a Viking. Um, So it's really only Hunter that the opponents need to worry about who having pass rush juice when the Vikings aren't blitzing and that's just not going to do it for the defense. Right. So that's a concern for me. To me, the player I'm most annoyed with personally is Ed Ingram. I mean, he punched the ball out of Kirk's hands that caused a fumble. He, it, it, a reef had a good point. It looked like Ed Ingram was the one who mixed up the production that led to the sack fumble of Kirk. So that's two sacks and two fumbles right there that Ed Ingram is at least partially responsible for to me. Um, and, you know, it's, the, the punching the ball out of Kirk's hand is like stepping on his foot last year. It's like, come on, man. Like we got to get this ironed out. Like, I don't understand. You've had a full off season starting with the ones like the continuity should be there where these things aren't happening. Now it was slow in the game. And I, I will say, I thought the offensive line shored up pretty well uh, after those two fumbles. And really Kirk was kept mm-hmm. relatively clean. I want to say later in the game, which was nice to see, but it it's just like, come on, man. We can't have that happen.
1: Anything that you saw that gave you hope that the running game could get better as the the season rolls along. I think it was, uh, it was it, two point four yards a carry in the rushing game today. Anything that you saw that maybe gives you a sliver of hope that, uh, you know, next week, next week, this Thursday might be better. <laughs> uh. Uh-huh.
2: I guess I, I, not really. I mean, I I thought Madison looked good from behind the line of scrimmage, but like the running game not being super efficient doesn't matter a ton to me when the Vikings still averaged over five yards per play on offense. I'm pretty sure, right? Like the passing game was the efficiency that we want to see. And the running game, the running game wasn't a huge negative, right? It was those quick passes that ended up putting the Vikings behind the sticks on the last couple drives. It wasn't the running game that I felt ever put the Vikings behind the sticks. So to me, it was,
0: you know, so it, was,
2: it wasn't good, but it's a non-issue. I don't
0: know. So, Fry, are you of the opinion that we should just ignore the offseason talk about the running game? Or I, if we if we ask Kevin O'Connell about the running game, which I'm sure they're doing on the postgame right now, do you think he'd say he, he was happy with it?
2: No, no coach is going to say that they're happy with it, but I think it's more about the creative personnel usage, which we did have and did lead to some pretty great drives from the last drive of the first quarter until the end of the third quarter, right? Like the Vikings were clicking on all cylinders on offense for that entire stretch of the game. And I think that the creative personnel usage, which threatens the run, led to successful pass plays.
1: Flip, you disagree?
0: No, I just wanted to hear Matt's opinion. Okay. I don't, ha- I don't have an opinion on that type of stuff. <laughs> I
1: mean, I, I mean,
2: Kevin O'Connell's going to say we didn't I run don't. the ball well enough because we only averaged 2.1 yards per attempt. Um, mm-hmm. uh, no doubt. And, like, this running game isn't going to be an explosive or a high-volume running game to me ever. Madison is an acceptable NFL running back, but he's not, you know, some sort of star, right? So... the the offense is still going to run through justin jefferson it's just i thought the offense did a very good job finding ways to get justin jefferson the ball particularly in the first half and i think the personnel that they changed to show a more run focused front kind of added to that
1: so flip you learn anything about this team today other than that they uh, weren't prepared enough to uh to play football, maybe because the starters didn't play and all those other things that maybe we can think about or speculate on. Anything that you learned about this team that uh you know, makes you feel good or terrible about the way the rest of the season might play out? Uh,
0: you know, I honestly think it just confirms all the weaknesses that we thought this team was going to have going into the season. There are some ways where the Bucks were are, are built to exploit those weaknesses, especially you know, the interior offensive line. I think I learned we're going to struggle again with any team that has a great uh, interior defensive line. And I think we also learned that we're probably going to struggle, you know, on, on defense on any team that has a great offensive line on the edges because the pass rush again was not there. So, you know, Clifford's in the comments, right? It's It's same old bikes. I think that it's early enough to the season where you're like, you start to question what they were trying to build when you see glaring offensive line issues, when you see glaring pass rush issues, and both of them hurt you in week one. But we're just going to have to take it week by week and see how those weaknesses get exposed by other teams.
1: All right. Any final thoughts, Matt?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, I, the Vikings obviously lost the lucky rabbit's foot or whatever was propelling them to win all the one-score games last year. So we're definitely going to see a record regression, even if the team shapes up and, and becomes a better team from like an efficiency standpoint next year, I think. Which is unfortunate, but they still have, this, I think, a pretty solid past, chance in a week. This is division.
0: past roster regression, though. This is like, if you're going to drop this game to the Buccaneers, new quarterback, far, far, you know, a lot of people would say Baker Mayfield's worse than Tom Brady, new offensive coordinator. (laughs) A lot of people. (laughs) Uh, Like this, uh, to to not be able to win this game at home week one signals that some of those predictions about even regressing to nine and eight or or eight and nine may be at risk, especially when you consider, you know, Eagles on a short week, you're staring at oh and two. And you still have Pat Mahomes on the schedule. You still have the 49ers on the schedule. You still have a lot of tough games. So, you know, if the Vikings are going to start dropping the the easier games on the schedule too, then we're looking at a far worse season than just, you know, rabbit's foot issues.
2: I mean, they were down 33 to nothing at halftime against the Jeff Saturday coach Colts last year, right? (laughs) So it's not like last year's team was immune to... you know, having bad games against inferior opponents. Um, I think that ultimately, you know, what's going to end up happening here for the Vikings is they're, they're just not the lucky team <laughs> that they were last year. So it's going to end up a little bit disappointing, but you're not going to end up every game. Oh, and three in the turn, or, you know, lose the turnover battle three to nothing in every single football game. And that matters a ton.
1: Awesome. Well, that is it. That is all. It is week one. It is not the start to the season that we were hoping to get, but uh, we're going to be here all week. We're going to have shows most days. Uh, So uh, if you haven't already hit like hit subscribe and uh, we will be here after every game. So we'll be back in a couple of days. Hopefully we can uh, turn things out with a lucky break going the other way. Uh, But yeah, thanks for coming out. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening and uh, we will see you soon.
0: show y'all.